one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. But you were young and you were fighting to 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 be heard and I couldn't listen I could not listen to what you were trying to tell me yeah and I think that was the hardest thing for me that I was trying to tell you and you just you would not take it in no could not I just saw this this damage and that I had to rescue you somehow and I could not step back and go you know what she's got it I'm your host, Natalie Dronovac, and this is The Modern Women, a show that seeks to share the stories and experiences of women that may be out of our line of sight. Welcome to Season 3's Anonymous Episode. As I always like to mention with these Anonymous Episodes, their aim is to give a variety of women their own platform. Would you agree that it often feels like the only people who are ever interviewed or given a platform to express an opinion or a point of view are those with some sort of status? whether it be through followers, media presence, or being a celebrity. It continues to make me wonder that perhaps the common voice we're hearing is getting skewed, and whether these are the only voices and opinions that we should be hearing. The anonymous episodes conjure up a range of powerful and deep conversations with what I'll say are, you know, quote-unquote, everyday women, covering off themes and issues that impact us all, more or less. And for today's episode, we explore a mother-daughter relationship. And for all of you thinking of your own mother, I invite you to answer these questions for yourself as you listen to these two generous and beautiful women explore their own relationship, expectations, and even a few things they didn't previously know. This episode is part one of this conversation, and I'm going to be releasing also part two tomorrow because as we know, some of the best conversations happen after the conversation. For those who haven't subscribed to The Modern Women, be sure to do so now so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and can get notified for when they go live. And please, if you love this episode or any others, ensure you share it with another modern woman in your life. Ladies, thank you both so much for being here. Hi, Nat. Hi. I really do appreciate this. I know that we could foray into many uh, topics and aspects of your personal lives and relationship together. So I really, really do uh, appreciate the honesty and trust that you've given me. Uh, Let's kick off with your rapid fire and I'll start with you first. How would you describe the other in one word? Altruistic. Extraordinary. Stop. What are your favorite qualities in each other? 
Oh, mum is just so genuine, caring, the most selfless person that you'd ever meet. Oh, thank you, George, but that that isn't entirely true, but that's kind of you to say. Uh, my daughter is the the whole thing, the 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 whole package. She's she's smart, she's light, she's She's big-hearted. She she really is an extraordinary individual. Who are the most influential women in your lives and why? Mum definitely is the number one. Woohoo! <laughs> you win, you win, Mum. Uh, I think because Mum has always just been such a great role model in terms of the kind of person that I aspire to be. Um, my values, the way that I perceive the world, other people especially, and the other most influential woman in my life would definitely be my wife. She's my rock, my number one supporter. She's just one of the best people that I know. I'm just so lucky to have her. There, do you know what? I knew you were going to ask me this because I am a, um, a, regular, listener. a regular listener and and I struggled to identify you know any any one or 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 couple of women uh, what i what i think i do is if i meet someone and like them and grow to know them and and admire them then i i think i absorb things that i like in them i think i absorb uh, or try to uh, emulate their qualities I'd agree with that. I mean, it's actually really interesting because reflectively as i was um preparing for this episode, i know you both uh individually and so it's so interesting to hear what you've all, what you've both shared about each other over the time that I've um, crea- crafted my friendships with you. So I'm going to start this uh, in a more gentle way as opposed to diving right in. Someone did say, is this going to turn out to be an episode of Jerry Springer? And although I'd love the ratings, I hope not. <laughs> Definitely not. <Yeah. laughs> let's, let's, let's wait and see. Uh, so as you were in your 50s mm-hmm. and you're in your mid-20s. Yeah. Uh, I thought we could begin with more of an overview around just our generalized ideas and perspectives when it came to certain key things and aspects that are important in our lives. So, you know, for yourself, uh, let's start with feminism. Like, how do you view feminism? Uh, I think feminism is an absolute um, important, uh, something we all women should embrace because I, I have this strong sense of injustice uh, in terms of, of of women, how they're they're corralled and how they're not not necessarily given the opportunities that um, that our our beautiful men have, and and I think it's every woman's right and and more importantly role to speak up and and make the changes, help make the changes, be the impetus behind the changes for for your daughter, for my grandchildren. Of which there'll be many. Of which there are none yet, but <laughs> future speaking. There'll be sometimes to clarify. <laughs> what about yourself? Um, I I obviously I agree with Mum. I think um, because Mum has always had really strong beliefs, um, and um, has I've grown up with you know Mum's perspective on feminism, and it's always come through to me as that it is my choice and my opportunity to be equal to be a powerful woman so I think it's something that is instilled in me more so than something that I want for my future daughter 
um, if that time may come. So it's less of a want for me. It's more of a, this is something that you can already have. What do you both then think of when people say, I'm not a feminist? Oh my God. <laughs> well, I, th- I feel that, that possibly they, they think of the negative connotations, which unfortunately there, there are some, and you know, I, I don't agree with them in terms of strident women or, or, you know, women rocking the boat too much, but but it, it really is all about simple equality and who wouldn't want equality uh, or for, for their own sex? I mean, I also think there's a big upside for men to want equality of the sexes. So uh, if all feminine is is equality. That's, that's all it is. So, you know, any sort of cultural or bad connotations – uh, just needs to be worked worked through. So I think they're idiots. <laughs> Do you have any friends that are like, I'm not a feminist or I don't really like to partake in those things? I think people like to say that they either are or they aren't versus the fact that there can be a scale in which you um, show values relating to feminism. So I am less focused on whether or not someone says, oh, I, I am for sure or no, I don't I don't associate with that because I think that everyone can be a feminist in their own way, whether or not it's a case of just striving for equality or um, to eliminate the gender pay gap or whatever it may be. Um, I think that feminism doesn't have to be, by definition, someone that lives and, and breathes and embodies that in everything that they do. I think it can just simply be little mindsets along the way. Do you think they don't like the label? Is yeah, that what you think I, I th- they're pushing back on? I think that that is a part of it. I think that people these days just don't want to be labelled necessarily with anything in particular. I think labels, especially with my generation, are perceived to be a negative thing, no matter what they are. And We're people, so fucking precious right? let's be honest. Yeah, we are. And oh, any so kind right, of I, label. You know, it's so great to be called a feminist. That's, that's a badge of honour. Yeah, I think anything that where you can be judged either positively or negatively, people I find seem to try and stay away from those labels where wow. they're going to have a perception, a strong perception, whether it's great or bad by some people. Wow. You, and you think that's a, an, a millennial thing? That's an age group thing? I think people just don't like the controversy that it, it could bring or having to back it up with broad statements or – Big action. Exactly. I think people just like to, you know, have general stay discussions quiet, and, and give their p- opinion on uh, certain topics but don't like to go out there and say that I'm championing this thing. Hmm. So feminism leads to the wonderful thing of financial security and I know that was something that you gestured that you would like to speak about and I was curious as to did you want to talk about it from the standpoint of uh, – what you've had to do to give your children financial security or more what you see as women are unable to do or lacking within society today? I actually can't remember <laughs> indicating that that was something to, uh, that I wanted to speak about, but, but absolutely women should have financial security. Absolutely women in a relationship should have financial security. Absolutely our role as mothers should be to... Uh, set our children up, our daughters up, as well as our our sons, so that they are able to look after themselves financially. And and I think, and I'm generalising, of course, in my generation, 
when you married, you you really didn't necessarily have your own um, your own finances, your own sense of independence from from your husband, and I think that that is risky and uh, for for the for the wife. <coughs> So let's face it. You know, we're we're an equal partner. We should be. We should have the the ability to create our own financial future. Whether you work with a in tandem with a partner, uh, and the worst thing that could happen is if the marriage breaks down, and and inevitably it's the wife that that suffers a financial loss, and 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 often it's the wife that's left to look after the the kids. So you know that that is a a pattern. I would would love every woman going into a relationship to have a strong sense of how they can look after themselves financially. But you don't need to worry about that because you're all over that, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Mum. <laughs> um, I It's definitely something that's important to both of us for sure. Um, I think that it's it's hard being... 26 and living in Sydney because the prospect of buying a house just seems so unattainable. So for us, there's definitely um, a need and a priority to try and save as much money as we can. Um, but in saying that, it's it's not as much of a goal of ours to get into the housing market as quickly as possible to buy a big house that we can live in and, and renovate and do up, which is what we did um, growing up. That's what that's what Dad and I did, yeah. Exactly. Yep. So for us it's more so how can we find a small studio investment somewhere that we can afford to get us into the market that we can use the equity in yeah, later yeah. at some point. So yeah, we, we did something similar, yeah, but the, the advantage we had was that um, Dad can – renovate so that was mm. that was a big advantage for us so you just yeah. need and to call them still over can, which is <laughs> yes positive you need to come all, call them over and get to work when you're ready yes, <laughs> yeah. um and then in regards to other kind of life priorities and causes have you noticed a big shift in that for yourself as you've gotten older the things that you're really endearingly caring about great question <laughs> yes absolutely and and i think that's one of the biggest contrast between where Georgia's at in her life and, and when I'm at in, in my life. And I think when I was your age, I had no interest, no significant interest in, you know, wanting to change the world or the, or the, uh, the injustice in, in the world. But now that I'm uh, at this age, they've, they've become a real priority. And I suspect the same thing might, might happen to, for you. And I strongly suspect uh, so yeah, I think gen- generationally, that's really um, you know p- potentially impacts on people's perspective perspectives, and it's very easy for me because we we're set up now. We you know I've got the luxury of being able to say um, I want to do X Y Z because that's going to have some form of a positive impact on other people because we've we've done the hard work to to be comfortable. So I think the I really admire young people that go out to change the world and and don't need to feel the um, the the requirement to set them up themselves up financially. Is there a moment where you hit where you were like, oh, I actually want to leave a bit more of a legacy versus just having enjoyed my own sweet life? Yes, uh, when I turned fifty, that was that was an interesting moment for me. I, I remember waking up and, and saying, I want to be a better person when I turned fifty. Uh, also, 
there was, I mean, I've always been very empathetic and I've always had a strong sense of, of justice. I've always hated any form of, of inequality. Um, so I've always had that, but it became a real driver for me when I when I turned 15 and, and, you know, it's just a number obviously. But again, I was in a, at a time that, where I had done, raised the kids. We had said, we, you know, we were okay. We had a home. We had some money. So it's much easier. It felt much easier for me then to divert myself to, to other priorities. It's interesting that you say that because growing up, it doesn't have to be, growing up with you, it doesn't have to be a case of just donating to charity. I think one of the strongest memories I have of you is just the way that you've always treated other people down to the person that's serving you at the butcher or at the grocery or whatever it may be. Everyone knew your name. Everyone was just so excited to see you because you always went out of your way. You did though to go and ask them how they were doing and always were just, you know, so sort of genuine in terms of wanting to make sure that everyone else is okay and that's progressed to every homeless person knows who you are <laughs> and you can't walk past someone without she's coming I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah you Woo-hoo. see them the people run for her I think <laughs> okay, she's even <laughs> you've even given an iPad to someone like, <laughs> this is just the kind of person that you are well it actually it, I actually decided at some point that if someone asked me for money and I had it then I would give it. And it that, mind you, don't give, don't give out my address because maybe they'll be overwhelmed <laughs> yeah, be lining with, up. with asking, lining up. But um, I have a, a real sensitivity to, oh, we're very lucky. Uh, my, my husband and I, George's dad and, and our family, we're very lucky. And we were born into an unreal country. We, I had parents that loved me, so did Dad. You guys are adored and cherished. I had a great education. I had all sorts of opportunities and, and you guys have, have had that. So we're at the very apex of absolute luckiness. So anyone else that doesn't have that luck, and, and you know, I have friends that say, oh, yeah, but you worked hard and go, yes, but we were set up for success. We, we were. I mean, I've... I've got well more dead more than me the 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 genes for hard work and and that's you know that's been encouraged and and nurtured so that it wasn't difficult to to work hard and, and get ahead but but other people have not had that luck so I'm very sensitive to to treating someone else who hasn't had my very very you know un- unusual luck with with empathy and sympathy because that's I really think that's what it is it's like they didn't have the the parents they weren't as lucky with their their health or their nurturing or their education so so how could you not have sympathy and empathy for someone knowing how effing lucky we are right mm. Not that my husband necessarily sees it that way, but <laughs> he's like, "I'll carry the wallet from now yeah, on." He goes, yeah. God's sake, can you not? <laughs> <laughs> and in regards to your own family systems, how do you both fit within the larger family system? What's the larger? F- I'm the mother. <laughs> but as in, <laughs> no. next question. She's the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? We'll just curveball that one. <laughs> 
You mean my ex, my? No, no, no. It's okay. I want to go to my next question. <laughs> I thought, oh, geez, that was so a hard I'm one. Throwing shade on my own <laughs> podcast. All right, all right, all right. Let's dive into the both of you. It's the juicy part of the conversation, and I want to get mm. there because there's so much to I feel delve into share because we all have our own relationships um, with our own, with you know with our mothers. For those of us who are still f- fortunate enough to have them around, etc. Um, but within your own relationship, just as an overview, have you ever had a picture in your mind of perhaps what it should look like and then you, you're you struck with the contrasting reality of what it is? Yes. I think we both would say yes. <laughs> Could you expand on that at all? I think for me, mum and I are both very similar in that we are both so tied to this emotional bond where we – almost can take on each other's emotions to a degree. I think if if one of us is having a bad day or is going through a challenging time, it's easy for us to take that on almost as our own pain. And sometimes I think that that can be to our detriment in that it's hard to share ongoing times that are challenging knowing that it does impact the other person so much. Um, so for me, I think that it's it hasn't been as I think frequent and constant as I'd like, but there's this um, underlying constant unconditional love and strength and bond, which is just undescribable. Would you say the same? Yes. <laughs> As as a mum, you envisage this unbreakable bond with 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 your kids, and and you know, to some extent, more so with your daughter. And I don't know if that's I don't know why that is or what that that's fair. I think the daughters are more open open to so sort of a, the reciprocal thing, perhaps. And and you you just give. All your energy and love into into these little people, and you and you want everything in the in the world in the world for you, for them. I think for me, I can be um, a bit paternalistic, so I think that I know what's right for my kids. <laughs> Whoa! Wow! Is that where this is going? Says George. And I, you know, when I used to work in recruitment for many years and I've done lots of tests and that keeps sort of throwing up, throwing up, throwing up. I thought, oh, that's, wow. Um, And particularly where you think that your child is is going astray, then that really throws that into into sort of sharp relief. That's sort of an automatic fallback for me that I'm going to fix this. I know what the answer is. So... What was the question again? Where were we going? Well, just where would you describe your relationship in the way that you, th- ah, you right. saw so it I, versus what the reality yes. you're currently... So I pictured our relationship because we were super, super, super close and very similar, as you said, to always stay that way. I didn't s- foresee that there would be... that we would have, have issues and I'm sure we'll talk about them. Um, and and that was that was... That was a, a big hole that, that, you know, I fell into because that wasn't how I saw us. However, you know, out of that comes something different and something 
it's never the same, but it's it could be stronger and it could be more special. Yeah, so definitely. It, so, yeah, it's, it's different. It's definitely different. You both um, – I know we're going to get into, I guess, the fractures that have occurred along the way, as I think happened in all relationships, um, but you are both very lucky. I know many – Many um, <clears throat> mothers who don't hear from their daughters, and I think it's a very unfortunate wow. experience um, really? for them. Yes. I mean, we can get into that afterwards. Mm. Um, okay. So just before we get into this next part, I'd love to know if there have been – or how have your notions of what it means to be a woman changed over time, Georgia, um, and how has perhaps your relationship with your mother influenced that? Yeah, I think my notion of what it means to be – a woman growing up was very much what I saw in mum and mum was relatively high up in recruitment like she mentioned and for a a, a long period of time at, at the start of um, your relationship with dad, mum was the main breadwinner so to speak and mum is incredibly smart and you know has a, a law degree and <laughs> do you? I didn't know <laughs> that. pay me later <laughs> um, and as as well as as that just um, as you've spoken about, you just have embodied um, these values of equality and of you know of, of feminism all the way through my childhood, and that has definitely been an influence that has shaped me significantly. Um, being in a corporate um, high sort of profile corporate role that I'm in currently where a lot of my colleagues are white males, so to speak. I think that um, I haven't ever stopped twice to think, am I justified in being in this position and should I be taken seriously? I know I should be and I know that I'm good at my job and I know that what I have to say is important and is of value. And that isn't anything that I've had to learn. That's been something that's been instilled in me from mum throughout me growing up. Um, Just because I feel like the question would be asked to a man, um, did you ever feel like you missed out on time with your mum because she was working so hard? Mm, that's a good question. I I did, definitely. Um, but in saying that, I, I have the strongest memories of – the strongest memories that I have of my whole childhood is mum picking me up from daycare and just smelling her perfume. And I would see her walk in the room and she'd be so glamorous in her high heels and her glamorous clothes and I would just smell this this perfume and it's just this – memory that I have that sticks with me (laughs) Um, and it was just the most exciting thing but um, I think it it was so exciting because mum and dad both worked full-time and we did have a a nanny that looked after us for a lot of the time so seeing mum was so exciting so it's not to say that um, I, I wished it could have been different because I know that mum and dad worked really, really hard so that we can have the life that we and have. The sad thing is, sorry, George, is that I wish it could have been different. Mm. I didn't want to go back to work. It was, I know. That was a really, really traumatic time. So you felt like you were really sacrificing? Uh, yes. And, and, and if it were my choice only, I would have waited till Georgia was, was older. I went back to work when she was six months. And that was, oh, really painful for both her and I. And it's still something I carry with me whenever I think about it. It makes me emotional. It was a very, very challenging time. Did you have to do that because to provide financially? Hmm. There's there's the rub. It depends on who you ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I would have... Th- uh, 
getting ahead wasn't as a big a deal for me, but it was for uh, for for my husband. So that was a huge driver for him. So I I definitely felt pressured to um to to get to get back into work. Uh, I hope he doesn't read this. See this. <laughs> no, hey, I think it's wonderful to share that because I think we are generally subjected to a stereotypical heterosexual environment where the man goes to work and no one really ever actually even questions if they miss their children. Do you know? Like it's just kind of like a mother will, but a father I, won't. I, so. mm. I wish I had the head that I have now. Back mm. then I was I was super um, subordinate in, in the relationship. Like, we're, you know, we're, we have a great marriage, can I just say to Listeners, <laughs> darling. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, I he he was such a dominant personality, and I am am still very much um, geared to make people happy. That I just okay, we have this is the way we have to do it. But it was a terrible, terrible um, trauma for me to to leave you. In saying that, though, this is the mother that would drive me to Homebush for athletics training however many times a week and wait in the car for hours on end at yeah, really late mumble, at night. <laughs> oh, totally. I always um, I always laugh when I hear parents suggest their kids do um, swimming. I'm like, oh, you're definitely fucking yourself over for 4.30 a.m. starts <laughs> for the next eight years. And no like, I think back in my dad used to drop me at rowing, 5 a.m. And he'd be like, mm. all right, let's get up. And I think as you get older, you start to actually realize the sacrifices your parents make. Like I think becoming a parent is remarkably selfless. And that's why I actually don't think I'm ready. It doesn't feel like a sacrifice. And if you did have a kid, you would. Of course, I'd become obsessed. You would 100% be full on. So it, it's not a sacrifice. It's something you do because you want everything for this person in your life. So it's, it, at no times is anything that we've ever done for our children a sacrifice. Next. Just putting it out there. Next up. <laughs> what's the biggest secret you've both kept from each other? Shall you begin? Oh, so many sort of small but funny ones. Shall you lead into them? <laughs> All right. There are, there's two funny ones that okay. I'll, I'll go into. The first is mum used to always shop at Mecca um, Cosmetica. Oh, I know this makeup secret. Shop. Oh, I know this. This is not a secret. Really? Yeah. Oh. What's the secret? So mum was <laughs> one of their best customers, would spend hundreds and thousands of Back dollars in vain. Mecca. <laughs> Mecca Cosmetica. And what that meant is that her status was gold star status and she had free makeup tutorials and she got free makeup kits with all of these new samples and they just treated her like royalty. So it was a fun hobby of mine to walk into these stores and pretend that I was her. And collect all the goodies. And collect all of the goodies yeah. on her behalf. That's my big secret. I know. <laughs> That's totally not your secret. You're lying. Is that it? Is that the only secret right. you have? The other funny secret, when I was younger, I used to always like going into your wardrobe to find your nice clothes and try them on. And one day I found a vibrator in the drawer and didn't know what to do with it and I just threw it out. You threw it out? Yeah. I just freaked out. I panicked. Oh, I wonder where that thing went. <laughs> Is there any other secrets you'd like to share, Georgia? The other one I also oh, think you know. 
I also think you know about this, but I have a white heart tattoo on my yeah, wrist. Yeah, yeah, no, I knew that one. I only thought nothing gets by this woman. Yes. Oh, I think I think you guys need to know that mothers are so invested in what goes on in their kids' lives, and maybe I'm more invested than most. I don't know. I try to back off. It's these very days. sneaky. <laughs> so you know, there's there. What we don't know, we strongly suspect. Mm. It would be hard to surprise, right? Before I ask you to give you a hot moment or two around um, any secrets you may want to share, um, bringing up the vibrator, I actually wanted to talk about, is it weird that you start when you start to actually realise that your, your children are having sex or they may be having sex? Like, is that a weird feeling? Because, of no. course, so it's not. No. For you, it wasn't anything. And there was nothing no, awkward about no, that relationship? No, no, uh, the, no. The, I had no, like, I'm, I'm, pretty I think I am pretty pretty cool with with you know things like that like yeah my kids are people Mm. and I want them to have fantastic sex lives because let's face it that's that's one of the the pros of now of being a being a person but for me and for it okay for every parent uh that that aside it's it's are they safe it's is it is it safe sex is it um, thought through is that th- those were things that I had concerns ar- about, not that sh- that there was sex happening because that's you know that's that's a gift. Mm. Um, it was how how safe is my child? Um, and did you have any secrets? Oh man, the secret thing. Uh, I'm going to think about that. Come think back. about it. You can come back. You okay, can we're going to come back to it because um, I also wanted to ask about healthy boundaries. Because I find um, for a lot of the people I may know, either their parents never spoke to them about sex or they were so awkward that they never they were like, oh, look, we don't need to have this conversation. I don't want to have this conversation, etc. Um, and then also then though, there are those who ask so many questions. So I guess, do you feel you have healthy boundaries or do you think your mom is sometimes in, very intrusive? No, de- definitely not we intrusive. Don't, we don't I, talk talks. No, we, we don't. We don't. I think... Um, Mum has very strong views on drinking, and she's always had strong views on drinking. Um, and any Can you more than two, that, please do as it. in, <laughs> mum's um, always lived by that. Any more than two drinks destroy your brain cells under the age of twenty five. Under the age of twenty five, and so this has just that, been you can a, go to town. a constant theme. I think there was even pamphlets that was left on my bed at one point, just trying to educate me on the brain cell damage that I could have potentially been causing myself. So that was probably mum's um, biggest worry is that I was destroying my brain cells um, and recently turning 26 and making a joke about it. It you're was great of, to you're hear. Out of that, that risky range. That I'm out of the woods. So well, you know, it's cheers science. To that. I like science. Science says you can, you can destroy your brain cells if you write yourself off when you're under 25. Like, why would you want to do that to your precious, beautiful brains? Sure. I remember in, <laughs> in regards to drinking, but kind of, my mum always used to say to me, um, never take off your heels and never sit in a gutter. So to this day, <laughs> I love that. To this day, but you, you could drink yourself to town. I love no, that. I can actually drink quite a lot of alcohol. But I had another friend who once said, "Make sure you can always get yourself home." And I used to always be the friend that would always take care of my other friends. Yeah. So Aww. I don't know. I think I was just, I don't know, aware. But I, I can very much. I can drink a lot, but I generally don't see myself like you know. You see some of those girls, and you'll be like, <laughs> "Yeah, brain cells exploding. I can see them exploding." <laughs> so, any secrets to share? Oh man! 
We're about to dive into our next topic. I'll think of it by the end. You'll think of it by the end or yeah. you know the secret there's and you're trying to no, decide no, if you should no, share No, no, there's it. probably 10 Zian secrets because, uh, you know, but they, they wouldn't necessarily seem... Scantilating. ...seem all that of, of, of interest. I mean, I think... I think the big stuff Georgia probably knows. I mean, she, you know that, um, you know that Dad and I had some up and down times. Mm. We've spoken about that. Uh, Nothing saucy like your vibrator. That's the worst. Jeez, I thought Ow. it was. I thought you know your father chucked it out, so I couldn't <laughs> <use> it. <laughs> he's like this is some stiff competition. <laughs> um, I was curious about what do you remember most about your mum from childhood? I have a really interesting relationship with, with my mum. Oh, this um, is great. <laughs> uh, from childhood, our, uh, young childhood, I have um, very lovely memories of mum. She was, um, you know, I loved her. She was warm. She loved me. Uh, but the older I got, the harder it was for her and I to, to connect and, and relate and uh, there was a lot of pressure of me and I you know George is probably going to feel that the pattern has carried on there was a lot of pressure in me to be the good child um, my brother and my elder brother and sister were not so good and uh, so I it, there was there I felt and I'm a, you know like you George I you know I like to please I'm the I'm the good girl in inverted, inverted commas so our relationship was me trying to please pretty much um, roll on, you know, all these years and I spent some time with my mum today and and whilst you and I are very similar and have very similar views and very similar skills, mum and I are the most different people on the planet. I mean, our views are polar opposite. We spent the whole time arguing in the car um, uh, on on because I always like to talk the big, big stuff and the big issues and I think how on earth can I be from you? <laughs> So, uh, you know, I grew up in a very, very conservative environment, uh, very, very uh, probably isolating. Um, I, was, I was kept away from, you know, boys and that was, that was a real flag for my mum. For my uh, I was definitely, you know, there was no, 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 no drugs or I had to do really well. I had to go into law school. There was all this, all this pressure. So it was... Um, did you ever rebel then and then do yes. all the things that she didn't want you to do? Pretty much. And I think all kids rebel. I do. I think they're biologically geared to rebel because that's how they become their own their own person. And, uh, you know, there's my favourite saying is good girls don't make great women uh, because I, I think to be a powerful woman, you have to, you have to break the bonds from mum or not saying don't come back. Uh, and particularly someone like me that probably has more than her share of opinions and and probably because I'm so intensely in love with my children, I think that 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 could be that could have been hard for them to sort of to to get their way out of that. So yes, I do feel that um, for me it wasn't that exciting. It was boys and and you know not going to uni. That was that was my rebellion. <laughs> was there something then that when your mum was doing it, you were like, when I have kids, I will never do that? No, I don't think I was at all in, inside, in, 
insightful enough to to understand. I think I've only become wise as I've got older and probably because of the stuff that Georgia and I went through, that has really given me a lot of insight into myself and a lot of skills. Uh, No, I felt loved. I did feel loved. Uh, I had no idea that I was playing the role that I was playing until later. Um, But I, I I had a loving parents and I had great opportunities, great, and I'm very thankful for that. And for you, Georgia, is there something that when you look ahead and think, if I ever have a child, I swear to God, I'm never going to do that? (laughs) Um, Nothing really that stands out. I think um, for, for me, knowing your attitude towards things like drinking, for example, and I, I wasn't a kid that went out and got blind drunk and that that was never no. that was never me um but in saying that I, I knew that there were certain things that mum had really strong feelings towards like drinking and it meant that if I did go out and have some drinks I would just say that I had to because that was under the healthy brain cell damage <laughs> limit <laughs> um and you know, I think knowing that kids will inevitably go out and do those kinds of things anyway, um, I think that if I were to do anything differently, it would probably be more that um, to say, I know you're going to do it, but I want to make sure that you're always safe. And if if you have too many drinks, then I'll come and get you, just call me if you are ever in that position versus never that I was ever in that position I wasn't but I would have been scared probably to call mum knowing that I would have disappointed her so greatly wow yeah and and look you know obviously I know I know now that you feel that but at the time I would have dropped everything to come and get you no matter no matter what no I I know that it's probably more the disappointment that I thought that you would have had yeah and that that comes from me being well me and you wanting to be the good girl, right? It's the yeah. That's, that's a that's a that's a difficult combination. I think. Yeah, I think it, it's just not wanting to be a person that you didn't think that I was. And growing up as you know an athlete and um, someone that was always a, a high achiever, and having you um, look at me as the golden girl and just have so much awe for me, it's I didn't want to be someone that wasn't that to you I've just thought of my secret what is it when I was maybe 20 21 I had my first joint can we say that yes you can say whatever you want (laughs) that's as hard as it got for me and uh, I was driving the car and that was which is not such not safe, Georgia. Definitely not safe. <laughs> Sorry, which which part of that isn't safe? I think because we were going somewhere because because uh, we were really hungry and I thought there was a big hole in the middle of the road, so I stopped in the middle of the road. Going, oh my god! Oh my god! I can't drive around this hole. That's my big secret. That's a good one. I drove. That's a good one. I drove when I had a couple of joints and don't. Do what I just did. <laughs> yeah, parental <laughs> advisory, drugs <laughs> and driving is not yeah. okay. Thanks, Mum. It's a good lesson. <laughs> it's actually – actually, doesn't, my secret doesn't matter. Okay. Oh, yeah. Can no, we please. You have, to, you have to. No, now. there's no real secret. The only thing I was going to say is I have a very uh, – like my dad is very strict around driving, etc. And I've never drunk dri- – I've never drunk driven except once. But I wasn't drunk in terms of, you know, let's say you've had two cocktails and there's that like lag of like five minutes perhaps before the alcohol hits you. But it was the night that I had to drive, I don't know, 
Uh-oh. 10 minutes. Uh-oh. Um, but it was the night I met my wife. Oh, hey. Oh. That's a nice story. Yeah, it's a nice story, but we can always generalize and bullshit ourselves into thinking, <laughs> see, it turned out okay. Yeah. Where it's not. Like, I take drink driving um, as a, if I want to kill myself, no worries. But how dare I drive? And then oh, perhaps yeah, hit sure. you. Yeah, like that's sure. not yeah. fair. Yeah, while well, I'm stoned so, on the road. <laughs> yeah. So like all jokes aside, as magical as these stories are, for anyone listening, don't do it. Don't do it. Can I just make a, a point for, for George? And I, and I can really hear what you're saying and how you, and how you felt. I'm wondering if it's, if it's interesting. And I don't know how other parents do it. You know, I, at the time I had no – I was pretty naive. But – but people who love their children, which is most of us, from the moment you're born, we live in fear from, you know, you're, it's cot death, it's um, you know, injury, it's drowning, it's, then it's bullying and you've been unhappy and not having friends. It will hurt and I'm not there to help you. It's, it's um, relationships. It's the, f- the fear never, ever, ever goes. So... And I'm sure, again, knowing how I am, that you probably felt that you were disappointing me because I've sort of placed these these barriers or these these set these bars for you. But but it's me wanting you to be safe. Uh, and you know, hey, you know, I would know that that you're not going to to toe the line all the time. Of course, I knew that. I wouldn't expect you to. But it, it, there's a real fear as a parent. That I can't keep you safe unless you adhere to the to those rules. So I apologise that you felt that. No, you don't. You don't I need would, to apologise. I would always come and get you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you don't need to apologise at all. And it's well, um, there's some stuff I do need to apologise to you for, but we'll get to that. Yeah, and I, I don't think I, I completely understand your perspective, and it was just something that I was conscious of. And yeah. you know, I think that the unfortunately the world isn't a safe place, and and as, and, and kids make bad decisions, absolutely, yeah, and which is part of being a kid, and right? always, always will. Yeah. Um, and I think that will always kids will always find themselves in in situations one way or another where they're, they're doing something that's classified as unsafe um, or something that could lead to a dangerous situation and I think the sort of biggest lessons that I've I've taken so far is just learning how to um, deal with those in the mo- most appropriate way knowing that I will be faced with them at some point um, versus yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> never having alcohol <laughs> Is there a trait that you see in Georgia and you kind of go, where the fuck is that from? No. Wow. See, I feel like my parents would look at me and they're like, I don't understand this. I don't understand no, that. No, uh, not at all. I mean, I am I am in awe of, of her. I am. Uh, we share we share similar similarities in gifts. Uh, I think... She's a lot more powerful than I am, and and I can be pretty powerful when I when I get going. Uh, she, she's more. Um, she has more resilience than I am. She has more guts than I do. But I no, there's nothing that surprises me about her a, a bit at all. But I am in absolute awe of her. Do you ever wish that you could not live her specific life, but that you had the um, advantages that she has now? No, I, really. I've, I've See, never like felt I, 
Oh, sorry, no. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go, no, go, honey. No, I was just going to share. Like, I know, for example, I have the good fortune of being able to travel quite a bit, and I know my mother wishes that at my age, if she would have had the same. Uh, well, I didn't travel till I was forty. Oh wow! Uh, See, like I hear that, and I'm like, whoa! Yeah, but that I didn't sucks. know any better. I didn't know any better. So, and you know, I had my ponies and my animals, <laughs> and you know, I was, I was, and I was a uncool nerd. So, you know, I was pretty happy in my own little world uh and and again i i really feel that i was very lucky i had parents that adored me i had a fantastic education i really did feel i could do whatever i wanted to do as long as it was what mum and dad wanted for me um so no i i don't feel disadvantaged at all um no is there anything that um your mum obviously feels like she will know best, but that as you've gotten older, <laughs> yeah. you're a bit like... Dip, going left, can we just say historically? Not now. It's different now. But do you have those moments where you're like, I actually do know a bit more? Look, mum is incredibly smart, but has <laughs> struggles with common sense. That is true. Um <laughs> And it was a big eye-opener for me moving out of home and realising things like you shouldn't wash colours and whites <laughs> together. Um, and <laughs> Wow, street thug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I have, I have no common sense, no practical skills at all. <laughs> um, so there were a, a couple of life lessons that I had to learn outside of the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was greatly prepared for when my brother moved out to also pass on that wisdom to yep. him. Like um, how boring that, right? He went through a very similar journey to me. Um, <laughs> I remember him calling me week one and being like, oh my God, I, I don't can't believe that you're not supposed to wash whites and colours. Like what kind of world do we live in? Like life has been a lie until this point. <laughs> well that doesn't that doesn't register as important in my my list life. Yes, nothing nothing important. <laughs> I've done my own washing. I would say less than 10 times in my yeah, life. Like, if you don't have to, don't, what's, where's the interest? Who does it for you? Um, I've either had uh, my wonderful mother uh, or Lisa, obviously. Lisa, obviously, look at me. Like, <laughs> if you looked obviously, at my relationship, my it would just be like, and if I was, I, I often joke around and say, if I was a man, the jokes I sometimes make <laughs> would just not stand. Oh, my goodness me. Would we be talking about yeah, you? Exactly. <laughs> right. You Whereas, get away with murder. Well, no, I keep this house very tidy and her very <laughs> happy. Do? Yeah. Uh, but let's, we can do yeah, my, good rela- recovery. <laughs> my relationship another time. I think um, we must. <laughs> George, yes. what would you say is the hardest or most difficult conversation you've ever had with your mum? Uh, I think this is definitely the same for both of us, for sure. Um, and it was probably a number of conversations over um, a period of a, a couple of years or so, I think, um, after a, a break in our relationship. And a lot of that was, well, all of that was caused by um, a relationship that I had at the time, um, I had at the time, we're married now, so it's, it's going very well. <laughs> but um, at the time that um, it started, we met in a really controversial circumstance. Um, and I was 18 at the time that we started dating. Um, and it caused a a lot of um, issues, a lot of 
divides. It, it caused a breakdown in, in our family and it, it wasn't a case of me being with a woman. It wasn't that at all. Um, it was more that I know that mum and dad didn't agree with the circumstance in which the relationship started and I completely understand that um, and that is a warranted feeling um, and being 18 at the time and um, trying to communicate that this person was the love of my life and that we were always going to be in love and that that was the end for me and she was the only one. I think that's a really sort of hard um, conversation to have with parents who say... Are are scared and angry. Correct, Mm. correct. Um, And both of us were coming from very valid places, um, me being, well, this is the person that I'm in, truly in love with and mum and dad saying, well, this is upsetting and um, we don't agree with it and um, it's hard to support the relationship because of, of that. Yeah, 100%. And I think upsetting and don't agree with it are... Um a slight, a slightly wrong, wrong words. I mean, we were absolutely terrified for our daughter, so it was more than upsetting. It was, it was, uh, panic, absolute panic, because you had been one person, and we, it, I think you would, you wanted to so be the perfect person. You wanted to be the perfect daughter, the perfect student. The perfect athlete, the the perfect friend, you want to be to be everything. Whether I put that on you or that's something that you're engineered to be, which and I think it's probably both. Um, and you know, obviously, I don't think I deliberately put that on you. So for you to then, for then to sort of take veer so violently a, a different path and throw so many things away, I, I feel like the only way that you could do it was to break. I mean, I've thought obviously thought about this. A break, break with, break with me. You had to break with me to pursue, pursue that path. Does does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, I didn't want to break from you. It wasn't a case of I need to choose one or the other. Um, that wasn't anything that I would have wanted. It was more that um, I knew that I, I knew sort of deep within myself that. Um, this person was my soulmate. I, I knew that and um, she was my life purpose to fight for um, because I knew that that's the person that I was meant to be with. And I think in my mind, I was looking long-term and I was looking at her forever. And I I knew that you would eventually see in her what I do. And she was worth fighting for. And I knew that I would need to fight for that on my own. I knew that that was something that it was too hard for you at the time and I completely respect and understand your views on that to say, yep, grace, sure, go for it. Um, and I was just going to say, like, I, I obviously do know the intricate details of what we're speaking about, but... If I, I, I look back and think if I had have said to my parents at 18, hey, this is the person, like, I, I feel like even people listening, they'll be like, 18, what do you know at 18? Yeah. And so I guess, how did you have that courage to navigate that? And also, because inevitably, didn't you end up kind of in a circumstance where 
you did somewhat make them choose and say either you're going to be happy with it or not? Like, I, so I don't, I don't remember that. Although I, you know, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me that you did say that. I mean, there's a lot of conversations. We had a lot of conversations. Um, the the hardest thing we we had there a lot there were there was a lot of hard stuff about that time <clears throat> was that we didn't we were blindsided so there was no there weren't conversations leading leading up to it and i blame myself for that uh i feel like i hadn't we didn't have the sort of relationship where you felt you could have told me uh and whether it's this you know i've got to be the perfect daughter and the perfect student um you know, there's probably a fair bit of, of that in there, and and you know, meet my meet my requirements. I mean, I I don't feel like I had those requirements, but I can understand how you thought that I had those requirements. I mean, I used to go to to school for um, parent teacher. Go, yeah, it's George's parent teacher because you know she was just this superstar, and I used to go, yes, that's my daughter. But you know, it was an enjoyment of. Of 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 your what you how wonderful you were as opposed to my daughter has to be, you know x x x y z and I don't know necessarily if that's something that you you sort of intellectually un- understood but but at that at that time, uh, so you know there the it wasn't delivered to us in a, we found out in a way that that wasn't um, helpful to us understanding. But I, I totally get why, and that's a big thing. Like when I think about what I could or couldn't tell my mother, far out, I could tell her very, very little. And you know, Georgia and I had spent a lot of time in um, together at, with, in therapy after to find our way back to each other. And and I kept saying, why couldn't I? Didn't know why couldn't she tell me we were we were close? You know. But do you really think you would have been okay? If she had have told you, like very gently, I think I would have tried to have understood. That's the only thing I can say is I would have tried to have understood, but it blew up in a way that that understanding where I it was a fight or flight thing. It was it was a big deal, and I fought, and I felt I was fighting for you. Um, but I've always thought, and I think it would have been hard for me to understand, but I would have tried to. That's, you know, I can't guarantee that I would have, but I would have, I would have tried to because I love you so much and, and you know, I knew stuff wasn't, wasn't right but, and I couldn't understand. Um, you know, I would always, the only thing I can ever guarantee you is that I would try to understand would you say, I mean, I feel like everyone would have heard the echo throughout this whole episode of how proud you are of Georgia. Oh, my God, I'm so proud of her. Would Would you say that that perhaps was a moment in your life where you were either disappointed or embarrassed or was there no. any of those feelings? No, or it was merely no. just fighting for? Fear, 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 fear for her. Never disappointed. I mean, there was there was some stuff that if I look back now, like I one thing that was a real pain for me and this wasn't immediate was that I think I've lost my grandchildren because you know I just and that's an unfair and I actually made that comment to you and I think that's the meanest thing I've ever said to you in my life um because she was with a woman now yeah and it was because I had so much anger towards towards this 
this how how it came not not the the same sex thing because as you probably know I'm so pro equality it's not funny but I I that that I I I for whatever reason I think we were fighting I wanted to hurt you that that moment I regretted it immediately but uh, but I but I definitely did so uh, no never never disappointed never ever ever has she disappointed me um, never embarrassed. Uh, I mean, there were people that that reacted strongly to to what was happening, and well, they can just go fuck themselves because this is my baby girl, and she's um um she's absolutely awesome. So no, not not at all. What about you? Did you have those moments where you really wanted to create pain or angry? You were angry to your towards your parents, or yeah, there there was a a period in which I was really really angry um and it it wasn't that I was angry at I wasn't angry at mum but I I took it my anger out on mum because she was I think the only person that was right there in front of me and I was really in your face yeah and but out of fear like like mm. you said and I understand that um and you know if I was in your position I I think that I would have done exactly the same thing yes you would Um, and you know I can appreciate that looking back now um, more so than I ever could in that um, you I know how hard you fought for me and that love is just so strong Um, and you know there were a lot of sacrifices for me and because it it wasn't a choice of 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 coming out and saying hey this is our relationship It, it was you know the the rug was pulled out from under our feet and we were just in this in this bubble and we were sort of very codependent on each other and we weren't looking at future. We weren't even looking into the next day. It was just the here and now and that was it. And we just but didn't understand or didn't have a concept of once this bubble burst, the pain that it would cause or what to the consequences you, would the, be. The worst thing happened to, to, to you guys. I mean that you suffered the most pain we we all felt pain but our pain was losing you at the time we we lost you you guys had you took the brunt of it you you were the ones that that really copped it and um yeah that's well that's that would have been bloody tough and and I felt that I, I really felt it and I would and I wanted to protect you I felt I saw victims saw pain and I really just wanted to save you and, and protect you. But, you know, I underestimated you really, didn't I? I think that's one of the big things from this is that I I absolutely underestimated my brilliant 18-year-old daughter <laughs> who, who, under a lot of pressure, stood up and said, no, this is, this is what I'm doing. And you were under a lot of pressure from, from all, all different angles. Yeah. Um, and, and you went, and you went off and did it. And at the time I found that devastating, but now I find there's so much to admire in that. Thanks, Lauren. Do you think it, um, served your relationship as you look back on it? It's, our, our relationship is different to what it was. Uh, and, you know, George, George and I have been through a lot of, lot of work together because, uh, we, we were really broken and we worked really hard to find our way back to each other. 
And I'm very grateful because I, I think you mentioned before we started this that you know a lot of parents, a lot of mothers and daughters that don't talk. Yep. And we could have gone that way because this was a biggie. But we both loved each other enough to to work towards to to become together again. So we, you know, we we really, and I'm so grateful for to her for doing that because I I felt at some point I could have lost you. We used to argue, and I'd stay, I'd leave, I'd storm out of her house, and then I'd be outside. <laughs> I couldn't bear to leave, and I'd storm back in again, <laughs> <laughs> just as to you know try and find my way back to her with all this the emotions that that, that I was having. So we weren't prepared to to give up on each other, but um, so it's different. It will it will it will never be the same, and that's not a bad thing. Um, I sometimes feel the loss of that because we were so close. Um, however, I'm very proud that my daughter. I, mean, I always wanted to raise independent kids. I always wanted to raise kids that could make a change in in their lives and that and I always wanted kids to be happy. So ultimately Georgia is as happy as she's ever been and and I and you know I I try and thank uh your beautiful wife because she, I can see how she makes you so happy. And that that is at the end of the day all I need. That you're gonna be safe. Don't blow your brain cells <laughs> And that you're going to be happy. I feel like <laughs> people might be listening and be like, let me connect the dots. Then how do I connect this? <laughs> That's a tricky one. Yeah, right. It is. It definitely is. But I think it's such a testament because um, understanding your relationship, even your dynamics, you have a deep respect for each other, which I think a lot of people don't. Um but as you were speaking, I was curious to know what is that feeling like of losing your daughter when she's still there? Really scary. Really, really scary. Uh, I think I've said this to you in the past, George. Like if, if I've been married for 28 years now and it's a good marriage. It is a really, really good marriage and... And one of the things I thought, you know, we might get to at some point is it became a better marriage after Georgia and I really worked, had all this hard work together. Um, and I would be de devastated if our marriage broke down. But I would be okay. I would, I would find my own way and I would find my own life. I'd get back on my feet after morning. But it, but if I had a relationship breakdown with Georgia or or, in, or our other my other beautiful kids, then then I just I think that would that would break me. So the thought of losing her um, was was it just completely terrifying and and really hard. And when you look back and you think, hey, perhaps I could have actually been better behaved or articulate like what are the things that you look back on and you're perhaps embarrassed by um I wouldn't say that I'm em embarrassed by anything necessarily I think that I have guilt around the anger that I directed at mum because of the situation I think I was just so angry that it had um all 
come out the way that it had that I felt like I lost complete control. Um, I feel like I wasn't in a position where I was able to make any decisions. It was everyone around me making decisions for me. And the fallout was huge. I lost my friends, my relationship with mum, with my siblings, with um, my dad, just all of those oh, were fractured. <laughs> <laughs> all of those were fractured. Um, and I, I felt that I had, and I, I did at that time have absolutely nothing um, apart from my relationship with with my now wife, who at the time I, I wasn't allowed to speak to. So we were just, I was just in this isolated position where it was nothing that I had any control over and I was so angry and I took all of that out on mum and I deeply regret that and the way that I treated her because it, I could have approached it a very different way. Oh, gosh, couldn't we all have done something different? I mean, you know, I have learnt so much uh, after that time. And Georgia and I spent a lot of time individually and together going to this most extraordinary woman that has had really helped us with some, some therapy. And and I, you should never feel guilt. I mean, you should never, ever, ever feel guilty about that time. You You were under a lot of pressure. And you were put in a position that you shouldn't have been have been put in. I mean, you made some poor choices that allowed yourself to be put in that position. Can I just say? <laughs> I, I agree. I'll give you that. I was like, I'll this is that. such a chill response. This is, like, this is definitely no, no, a no, response you know, perspective. But but you were young and you were fighting to 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 be heard. And I couldn't listen. I could not listen to what you were trying to tell me. Yeah, and I think that that was the hardest thing for me that I was trying to tell you and you just – you would not take it in. No, could not. I just saw this this damage and that I had to rescue you somehow and and I could not step back and go – you know what? She's got it. I I, that was I was incapable of doing that. It took years for me to go. She's okay. She's got it, and. I I just think it's amazing that that a young woman could have a handle on such a big deal and manage it and I just that that does blow my mind. Mind you, can I just do as an aside? Teachers in her school would say to me, "We're going to build a statue to her here one day." So <laughs> I should not have been surprised. <laughs> Uh, and I guess now looking ahead, do you have any pieces of wisdom or advice for, you know, Georgia and even just our generation? Uh, there's there's a whole lot of stuff for George um, that but life will, will throw at her or may not and I think she'll handle it just fine. Um the only thing I would I, – I have no fears now for Georgia. I, I used to be very fearful. I have no fears now. She's a very together girl and I know that, that, that you and your wife are a genuine, loving relationship and I see how happy you are. So that fear's no longer there and that, you know, I no longer have any fears about, about Georgia, which is unusual because as a parent, as I said, you're always fearful. She's a very cluey – savvy, resilient, very resilient uh, young woman. The only thing I would say to Georgia is that I 
think that you will would really find. Um, <laughs> I know where you're going with I this. Know what's coming. You wanted to get this in, didn't you? I think that you're soon. You'll be at the stage in your life where you will have. You'll feel dissatisfied with work or whatever, and I think that you you will find you'll have a drive to to impact on other people's lives or on causes, and and I think that's something worth looking for now because that will be really rewarding for you to 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 make a change out there. Are you asking me to go vegan? Love? Yes, you should go vegan. <laughs> <laughs> and before we finish, is George? Is there anything that you wish you could ask your mum? Um, what is your greatest regret? Wow. My greatest regret is marrying, not marrying. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Hi, darling. It's, it's going into a relationship where I was happy to be on the uh, the. The, the second tier for lots of reasons from my own from my own sort of sense of my of myself certainly for 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 dad's well-being I mean he, you know it's n- no fun being the the big the big boss all the time but but I also think that that was a pattern that we set of not talking about not confronting each other about the big stuff because of what I would would do is let dad sort of go, well, he needs it, you know, his ego needs smoothing or, or whatever and, I'm, you know, I'll make him happy. And, so and how I, did you re-navigate that then? Because that's not exactly how I that would was, see it now. That was really tough and, and it was, became out of, of how this, this blow up with Georgia. I mean, Georgia and I spent years talking through and learning how to talk. So the, 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 our family never talked about the big stuff. Never talked about confronting stuff. I mean, I would say to Georgia, um, I feel like I was open with with George in terms of of stuff, or or, or you know, could was available. But but um, my husband and I uh, would never talk about stuff that was tough, and I would just go along, smooth things over, and to keep the keep the peace. And and you know, I think that set the scene for George not being able to talk to me about the tough stuff. So my biggest regret is not knowing or not I – di- I didn't know. I had no – I wasn't equipped to deal with it from the very beginning to get the tough stuff out and talk about the stuff, tough stuff without it damaging the relationship. And let's face it, it improves a relationship. So now we've learned that. He hates it, but, but we've learned it. <laughs> and is there anything that you would love to ask Georgia? Uh, Outside of would you go vegan? <laughs> That's a good one though. Why don't you do well, that? I've already got it in there before. <laughs> um, I'd like to tell her stuff but not necessarily ask her, ask her stuff. I mean the, the, the thing is the mother-daughter relationship, it's just, you know, it's mind-blowing. You're going to have to edit me out of this because I could go on and on and on. <laughs> But I always said to, to George that when I'm on my deathbed, she's the one that's, that's going to be sitting there next to me holding my, holding my hand. And, and so, you know, George, will you do that for me? Of course, Mum. Legally binding recording. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's on tape. <laughs> so the famous last question, 
Uh, you're standing in front of a room of 10,000 women and you're able to offer one piece of advice. What would you say? I would say people won't remember what you do. They'll remember how you made them feel. Oh, that's a nice one. Make a difference. Perfect. Thank you both so much. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Modern Women. If this content is delivering value to you, it would be so helpful and appreciated if you head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and rate and review us as that helps us build this incredible community. And ultimately, that is what this is all about, building this community as big as we can to help as many women as possible. And all of your ratings and reviews truly help with that. And before I go, a shout out to Chunky Love for the original music and to Mr. Darren Lake over at Podpace for helping me produce this show for all of you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.